0: Hello. Hey, Ashley.
1: Hello. How are you, Thomas?
0: Good. Um, Had a bit of an adventure this morning. Still COVID, so um, I had to get some croissants for our breakfast, and uh, took me fifty minutes to find a working scooter or bicycle, um, Mm -hmm. get there, queue, and then come back again for, which would normally be a lot shorter uh, kind of. Adventure.
1: Well, uh, let me give you some feedback about that statement. That's a uh, an incredible definition of a first world problem, I would say. Um, oh. I, did you get uh, your? Did I you, you get you that that your croissants?
0: I <laughs> did get. Luckily, yes, they, they were still at like croissants. Uh, in fact, I got the banana chocolate version. So, a uh, few. My days. <laughs> wow. Yes,
1: uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's
0: no longer the Stone
1: Age. Then you can. Uh, it's crisis over, I think
0: that you can get the posting on Facebook yesterday. How much I was suffering with this online grocery shopping, and that I couldn't find a same the delivery slot, you know, due to this global pandemic. Which um, it's just I don't know how I how I deal with this suffering. Just,
1: <laughs> you do have it harder than the rest of us. Yes, this is yeah. true. <laughs>
0: uh, anyways, how are you? How how are things with uh, with you?
1: Uh, they're good. I think it's incredible weather uh, for the last couple of weeks. And so Everybody's actually been using the parks quite heavily, in, in, myself included, for the odd, uh, in case Bo- Boris Johnson's listening, for the one hour of permitted exercise I should be doing a day. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting out of the park. Um, as you can probably hear, the police and ambulance in the background. Oh, right. so they've been checking they're,
0: they're yeah, 105 the... or 110
1: minutes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, chasing people around. Uh, but life is good. I, I I actually did some online shopping myself in the early hours of this morning. But but I have a two week delivery time frame when what? when they're delivering. Yeah, two weeks for my eighty is- items <laughs> that I'm allowed.
0: Grocery yeah, shopping. Ten-
1: grocery shopping.
0: And you have to wait for two weeks. What are you going to eat in my, between that?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> but lots of croissants, apparently. <laughs> uh, I have a uh, convenience store that is actually very well stocked nearby. They've managed to get their supply chains throughout, uh, it looks like Eastern European companies for some reason, are pouring the food in. Um, so yeah. no no shortage of eggs and bread and all that sort of stuff.
0: And Polish sausages and Krakows or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm loving it, really. I'm sort of jealous, yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> well,
1: today I, I think... Today is a good day to talk about uh, this topic of feedback, because mm. uh, I've had a feedback session this week, and uh, feedback sessions I find in the work environment, let alone personal feedback sessions, uh-huh. I think they can kind of leave you a bit bruised sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. And it got me thinking, well, what's the, the purpose of feedback? Uh If nobody likes to give negative feedback, but everywhere you work says you have to tell people the good, the bad, the ugly to help them grow, um, it just got me thinking, well, there's got to be good ways to do feedback. Someone has somewhere mastered this. Uh, And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And maybe maybe a good way to get into that is you can tell me, can you think of any feedback you've ever received that's stuck with you? And that you've improved yourself because of it.
0: Um, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I like your your idea like you know nobody likes giving bad feedback or, or kind of difficult feedback nobody likes receiving feedback uh, that's that's negative because mm. it's emotionally bruising and and that's kind of been the case where often I find the feedback I get, is uh, something that I was aware of or that Mm -hmm. I hadn't performed well. And I'm always quite happy when I get feedback Not happy, but I feel like, right. I, you know, know, if you give yourself the same feedback as other people give you, then it means you have any blind sides. It means you know what you have to improve on. So -hmm. the feedback that I sometimes get is that I can rush into a topic uh, quite quickly without setting context first mm-hmm. and uh, that I don't take people along on the journey. And that is partly because I bore myself. If I see things that I already know and that I feel are obvious because I've been working on these things for a while, I've read about them, mm-hmm. etc. The worst thing that I can imagine putting somebody through is putting them through something they already know or are already aware of. However, I know that that's wrong because most of the time people are not aware of all those things or as part of storytelling, you need to first create common ground around like what you all agree on is the truth before you bring in more controversial or more insightful things. So that is, that's one thing I continuously work on is trying to figure out what the right level of context setting is and what the right level of insight is so that I don't skip over the easy answers that people were perhaps expecting and wanting and go straight to maybe controversial or rather more Mm. complex topics. And if you've had this feedback a few times and
1: you're aware of the feedback, why do you feel it's still something you do and haven't mastered? Or do you feel you have improved every time you've had that feedback?
0: I think it's a great great segue also. uh, First of all, why um, I think it is part of my personality type. I remember being mm. in meetings, most so of my last role, where I was getting really impatient because I felt like I wasn't learning anything new. I'd been in this role for two and a half, three years, no, two years. And um, most meetings seemed like a repetition of something I'd heard before mm. last six months or last year, or that seemed bleeding obvious. And we're just like rant, and I get really uh, antsy. And so, I think it's a personality type that just drives this, where I like to jump to what I find interesting. So it's a little bit selfish. What I find interesting about a topic, <laughs> which tends to be then uh, slightly more left field for most people, uh, because like you know, if it's interesting, it means it's new. Um, and uh, it, it might skip some of the more fundamental points that people want to discuss.
1: So actually so, quite practical yeah. feedback, I'd say.
0: Yeah, that's practical. I mean, there's other types of feedback. I remember actually the funniest feedback that I, for some reason I still, I still have in my mind uh, was okay. back when consulting. So this is probably now, that, that feedback was probably six years ago. And that tells you something that I'm still thinking about it. But it's Mm -hmm. basically um, one of the senior, well, I know he's an MD at the time, was telling me, you know, Thomas, you're doing good work, la, 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 la. Um, But really, people are saying you're just a bit quirky. (laughs) It's like, quirky? (laughs) All right, that's interesting. And I took that away, and I was kind of like mulling it around. And it's six years since then. I'm still mulling it around because. I love it. I love it. I am still. I'm sorry. I, think, I fed
1: that in. I probably fed that in somewhere <laughs> at some stage.
0: <laughs> it Appears somewhere, um, but I think um, so. You took personally it
1: personally.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I I took that personally because I think it's who I am that he was kind of <laughs> commenting on, not the work.
1: It's a it's a really good example, right? So uh, you've given me two examples that I, in there. there. There is actually like like we said. There's this. Quite practical, how do you do your job a bit better um, mm-hmm. by understanding, really getting to the interesting bits for your audience and getting through a journey quickly. And then the second bit of feedback is this really kind of personal bit of feedback that, I mean, just from hearing it, it's like, well, what can you do about it? Like, does it is it good feedback if you can't go away and action it? I mean, do you go to a, are they saying quirky is bad, good, you should improve it, change it? I mean, the fact that they're telling you it suggest that you need to do something about it. But but I guess there's no constructive part to that feedback. I and mean, maybe that's why it's hyper-personal. And and also, if it's who you are, is it good feedback if you can't change it?
0: Well, there's also the question of, do you want to change it? I mean, quirky as I was unpacking it for me means like perhaps a little bit, like doesn't always say the right corporate thing. And, you know, in consulting, that's that's a big deal. Mm. Uh, might might kind of have a little bit of kind of wackiness about him, which, you know, you could like, have toned down or like really put a stamp down on. And I think um, most people when they first meet him do think I'm quite a dry and kind of, I don't know, straightforward kind of person. And then they realize I'm a maniac. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yes. it's a kind of a question of, do you, want to, <laughs> do you want to change yourself? And this is the thing that like, you don't have to accept all feedback. You don't have to go like, actually, I, I don't want to be that person. Or I don't want to change things in that way. But then you have to accept that maybe the person you're working for does not want that in, 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 in who you are uh, or what you do. And um, so you have to figure out, well, am I willing to do a strength-based approach where I go, yes, these are my weaknesses, but look at my strengths and i keep improving those? Or um, do you actually choose to go somewhere else? Do you have a,
1: on that, do you have a, a sort of an angle to feedback? Because I certainly haven't throughout my career, and it's only just I haven't, but, but do you have an angle of, well, it is very important who's telling me this feedback. So there is the feedback, it has some mm. practicality, or maybe it's got some hint at the type of fit for who you are into a current team. But do you look at who's giving you that feedback more so now that you're further on in your career? and? Do you weigh that into your decision on how important and how useful this feedback is going to be for you?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. So I, um, I think about feedback in terms of the motivation of the person giving it to me, and I've had people mentoring and, and working with me who really wanted to see me succeed, and who didn't see that as a threat. So I mm. always found it really useful to have feedback from career counselors and mentors and stuff like that because they have often no kind of challenge to you. And then you sometimes have managers uh, who, uh, or people in your life who really want to see you succeed and that's great. Then you have people who are more concerned about um, either their own careers, how they look in comparison to you or who may have other loyalties who want to see other people succeed and then you know right okay well you know this feedback is is going to be useful but i'm not going to kind of change my way in a way that that helps me kind of in this in this career trajectory so i um i do think about the motivations that the people giving feedback have um, and then i decide like is it something I need to take fully to heart, or were they just scrambling? You know how valuable is it? Because I know that I'm not always giving the best feedback, um, and I can apply that same that same <laughs> to other people too.
1: I, yeah, I, I should probably say I haven't given feedback uh, saying that Thomas is quirky. Uh, just to further my
0: own career goals. Uh, just to, just, <laughs> <laughs> you've been God. spreading rumours behind my back. <laughs> yes, yes. <Hey. laughs> he wears um, different uh, matching socks. Like, yes. That kind of thing.
1: That's not that. That's that. He's <laughs> weird. He wears no underwear. He's quirky. He's, yeah. You know, he's <laughs> writing rude words and slides and translating <laughs> German. Uh, I. It sounds like some of the feedback then is. Maybe there's a distinction between what is guidance, what is mm-hmm. actional feed- feedback, and then maybe what is personal feedback that's c- kind of like a tick in the box. So, a lot of companies, we've all been there, everyone listening has been there. You have your performance periods, you have, you know, no matter where you are in a business, someone is appraising you and giving you feedback. And uh, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. You know, like we said, there's some guidance. So trusted people give you guidance. They kind of are trying to help you for your future. Some people give you practical feedback, like make your slides look better. Um, I've certainly been told with a ruler, someone pulled out, to make my pixels on the slide. That's my first week of my consulting life to make them line up. And that always stuck with me because it was anal, but also mm. super practical. Uh, but then that third category of that sort of tick-in-the-box feedback, where... We all have to do it. We all have to give and we all have to receive feedback. How, how have you found feedback in the corporate world as part of a performance process? Now, do, you have it, do you see it in a positive way, a sort of a negative way? Uh, and do you think it gets the job done? Do you think it, it works as well as it can do to bring the best out of people and move people forward at the same time as, as I guess, moving out the people are not progressing. So what's your view on I guess that tick-in-the-box we-have-to-do-it feedback How is it Mm. worked in your mind?
0: I mean the interesting thing is um, I've worked uh, in consulting for a couple of years and now at this company and they actually have the exact same setup
1: like Mm -hmm.
0: even the rhythms are the same in terms of half yearly feedback with one cycle bigger than the other and then with the, the systems and all that. So it's, it's like basically the same, same system, which also means that I haven't really been in a smaller or a different company that doesn't do feedback in that way. I have seen obviously my wife and others maybe complain about how feedback has been given when it was in a less structured way with less training and less norms. And I think that's actually more dangerous than the tick in the box feedback because, um, at that point, you are very much reliant on people's experience and maturity around giving feedback, which they don't always gain in a career, right? So if somebody becomes a manager um, and they haven't had the training and they haven't been through this process because they were Mm -hmm. in a small business or a business that generally doesn't invest in in that kind of process because it's quite expensive, actually, then Mm -hmm. it can be that you get quite like slightly abusive or, or less well-managed um, feedback. Um, so in the general, I wouldn't discount tick-in-the-box sort of feedback. It forces people to follow a certain norm and, uh, and to put the effort in. Um, so uh, having said that, you know, the downside of tick-in-the-box is that uh, people might just be following uh, kind of drawing by 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 numbers. They're, they're not really invested, uh, like you said earlier. Like they may not be giving true guidance. They might just be giving what yeah. they've seen in the last two weeks, right? Because they they haven't been invested in this process. They don't care about whether what you have. They just want you to keep on doing your role. Or if you're not very good, they want to see you managed out. But they don't really want to kind of invest additional effort on top of their management time. So, uh, so and this is where the the tick in the box thing hides that somewhat, yeah, um, but totally. it also yeah. So, so I think yeah. So not not um, not entirely unhappy with the processes I've seen. Um, it's it's like the same with what do they say about democracy? It's the the worst system amongst all bad systems, or something like that. I don't know. Or mm-hmm. uh, it's the best choice amongst bad choices. I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs>
1: The lesser yeah. of all the evils, I think, is uh, I think I Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the idea that um that you raise on <laughs> a lot of people might be assessing that tick-in-the-box feedback, which does determine real money outcomes for people all around the world all the time. True. And the base it over the last two weeks or how they might feel in the moment, or the one I see constantly in uh, group-based performance assessments. Um, groupthink and i think Mm -hmm. even the most seasoned and trained individuals in any business i've been in even as a consultant sitting in feedback sessions uh with clients um, at Mm -hmm. their request groupthink is still a thing and you Mm -hmm. can definitely see the factions within uh different layers of a company fighting for the people they like and mm-hmm. people with their own agendas not sticking up for the good people or not raising the bad people uh, into the sort of limelight and, and to be discussed purely because they, they want to avoid any personal attachment or personal controversy with the other factions, if you like, in the room. And whilst that sounds all very Game of Thrones, I've sat there in meetings uh, and documented that all the time. I, mm. I really um, sort of kept a book of notes and performance assessment sessions and it's scary when i read back on those notes to see how a lot of people have folded or uh, not stood up to the to, to the task of doing a proper performance assessment and it does it leads me to an interesting thought of i mean if your feedback is quite important for money and it's quite important mm. for your own personal well-being and your own sort of, you know, you could get paid a lot of money, but if everybody's telling you you're really bad at your job every day, I still think you'd actually end up being quite unhappy. So feedback hmm. does, does have a huge psychological impact on your just your, your self-worth sometimes. Uh, hmm. You can discuss whether that's right or wrong, but I think it, it's true. And yet these systems are inherently giving you feedback, not really just about you anymore. In those group sessions, yes, there's about two minutes of feedback worth for you, but it's all in context of feedback for the whole group, the bell curve, the politics of the different groups there. So in some ways, the feedback system is removed from yourself. And actually, a huge weighting of your feedback is stuff you can't even control or aren't even aware of. Um, and that that kind of makes me worried about, well, what's the future of feedback then? You know, is there a way to do it Um that makes sure it is fair in, in and it is just for you. Do you have, for example, yourself, uh, would you have a preferred way for people to give you feedback, sort of a, a way they tell you about it with the evidence to support it or the frequency you'd like to have it? I mean, if, if you could design your own personal feedback mechanism for yourself to get it and for you to give feedback, what would, you, what would that look like for you?
0: I think... Um... For me, it would be very much forward facing, and this is obviously a bit, um, kind of an oxymoron to feedback which looks back at your performance. But I think, um, the clue is in the name, in, folks. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, feedback, mm-hmm. feed forward, feed forward, new thing, brand TM, create feed creative.
1: Forward. I'm going to give you some feedback that you're incredibly creative, brilliant,
0: <laughs> making up stuff. Um, but the, um, the, the way I'm thinking about it is that, yes, you might get feedback on, hey, this project or this deliverable or this stakeholder interaction. Didn't do you any favors. Here are the weaknesses of how you've, you've kind of uh, could have done things better. And then tie it to, and you can show or prove it uh, going forward in, in these kind of things. So always tying looking back to looking forward because for me, the past is the past. And the main thing with feedback is you don't want to have any blind spots. Um, but then it's about, right, um, let's not kind of dwell on on that, uh, but rather think about, right, you know, how how do you get out of a situation where perhaps you're not performing in the way that you want to be performing? Uh, and that has to be linked to the future and to opportunities that you need or have uh, things that you might be already working on. So I think that's that's kind of how I like to do things like, I don't, it feels like, you know, the feedback could very easily be, uh, you know, I know people who are quite defensive when they get feedback and Mm -hmm. uh, you're like, all right, okay, well, it doesn't matter whether you defend yourself. That's the feedback is a representation of what's in the head of somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you can fight it out of their head. So then the question is, you can change it only through further action and future action. So that's kind of the stuff I'm most interested in. It's forward-facing, uh, forward feedback. Or f- forward, no, what was it? Feed forward. <laughs> okay.
1: Feed forward uh, copyright. I think that requires quite a lot of knowing you for someone to mm. do that, right? That's uh, You're almost implying, I guess, you'd have to have quite strong relationships in a work environment to get feedback, which a lot of people claim they do. But you're almost saying that this is someone who's got to be, they've got to have a good view on you on a very regular basis Uh, and Mm. and probably quite an in-depth view about not just what you're showing them on sort of outputs, but just how you think all the work that goes into something that that they can't see, you know, all the rest of the iceberg, so to speak. True. Is that something you would practice as well as preach, do you think?
0: I think the issue that happens, you know, I've managed bigger teams before, is that you really don't have the time and capacity to go to that level of detail, and I think that's yeah. that's part of like our feedback culture is always going to be constrained by the time that managers have mm-hmm. to um, be involved in the journey that somebody takes and finding out where in the journey they made maybe mistakes or have areas of improvement. Um, and so they, they will only be looking at it from perhaps an output perspective. And and that's fair. You know, I mean, it also depends what level you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a junior person, then definitely the journey is important. I think at some point, like once you reach a certain level, then the expectation is that you just figure that out yourself and come with the output that was or is required as part of the, the role. Um which, you sure. know, it doesn't help emotionally because you still feel pretty left alone. I'm sure like a CEO who doesn't hit the numbers, um, you know, his um, uh-huh. his board is going to give him feedback and he's going to be like, yeah, but all these things happen. They're going to be, I don't care. You know, as long as you hit the numbers, you know, how you get there is, is not a story I'm, I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so
1: actually, actually, maybe maybe what you're, what you're describing is we sort of transition into the, what's the future of feedback? Because... Mm-hmm. You're kind of describing a very, uh, yeah, even at a CEO level, you're right. It could be a very lonely existence and, and mm-hmm. generally can be. I've spoken to some CEOs in my life on a sort of a, a personal basis, and they've definitely mm-hmm. admitted to that. Um, and actually what they need instead of the feedback, because they are so experienced, they generally, like you said at the start, they know really where they're going wrong. It's, there's no surprises anymore. Um, it's not really blind spots. It's just that there are some things that have gone wrong because life happens. So what they don't need is the feedback. They need the coaching. Um, mm. and, and actually, they've, 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 a lot of them use coaches much in the same way to take feedback from their board or their um, shareholders or their employees. They feed that to the coaches. And then the coaches are the people helping them make sense of what that feedback really is and what they should do with it, which I think is quite an interesting idea for leadership. Mm-hmm. How, how how do you think about the future of feedback maybe sort of lowered down in the business, you know, where those managers don't have time for it and where you have teams of, uh, you know, five to 50 people, you know, you don't have, like you said, the chance to do what this maybe <laughs> feed forward approach. So, so is, there other, is there technology as an answer that can bring coaching in or is there some... You know, do we see even even the current technology, the, the virtual reality side of things, the augmented reality side of things, surfacing more regular feedback to people?
0: Do you have I any? I mean, thoughts what would be that? interesting is, um, and this goes back to Yuval Harari stuff around you know machines knowing you better than you know yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you had uh, an AI that, oh, well, this gets dystopian quickly, but that monitors your work. Your behavior and what you're doing, and the type of conversations and meetings you have. I mean, it could perfectly analyze like why things didn't work out with other stakeholders or why that piece of work was delivered late, and it would be able to give you stats on, you know, mm. the amount of toilet breaks you had or the amount of times you kind of raised your voice in the meeting. You know, that that kind of stuff. It's it sounds like a nightmare to me, but I mean, that's where you could go if you wanted to get a more objective view of why certain outcomes were or were not achieved. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think like, I don't know if that would help. I think the, I don't know if machines would ever get to the point where you have effectively what is uh, intersubjective reality that you're up against. Mm -hmm. So the type of, so feedback is, can sometimes be super objective, but rarely is. Normally it is a feedback from what's in somebody's head of how they see the world reinforced by when they've perhaps talked with others at which point then then the group thing comes along and two people agree that certain things are mm-hmm. that way, which is super reinforcing because then you've got intersubjective reality. And then you and your subjective reality get exposed to that intersubjective reality. And those two points is where it clashes because you have a view of yourself um, and then you get confronted with the reality of other people's view of yourself. And then there's a little bit of objective reality too. But I think most of the pain comes from having your own subjective experience of yourself being disrupted by what is the group's perspective of what you're doing. And that is something no machine can, can really work through unless you take out all human uh, kind of activity, but that yeah. is, I don't yeah. think that's possible. Yes. But, but, I, love, yeah.
1: I love this. I love this. Mm. Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's machine learning computers, running everything. Uh, oh, take, take the human piece out. Cause uh, I guess you're right. There's never going to be a substitute otherwise for that, for reconciling that individual view of yourself and how you've performed and how you like to receive feedback and what you think that how you interpret feedback versus mm-hmm. the people directly giving it to you and then the people who are in those teams and who could be subject to groupthink about you. Uh, that's a tough thing to reconcile. I guess no one's got it right. I guess we're saying that actually technology might get more granular with the evidence in the coming decades, but mm-hmm. we can't see in the, you know in that same timeframe the human element being removed from it because we can't oh. see the human element being removed from just general decisioning in, in businesses anyway. So it looks like we're here, we're stuck with this, the current sort of feedback system, but maybe with just a bit more actionable data coming in and maybe a more direct channel to give you the feedback um, on, a, on a sort of a daily, weekly basis.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know we're, we're kind of getting to time now. Mm-hmm. One area that... I guess I'll turn this question on you because um, I'm, I don't think I've got a good answer. But one of the things is that emotional aspect and, and like all the gurus and all the companies say, you know, feedback absolutely critical for people have uncomfortable conversations. You know, th- those are the most valuable ones. And it's true. Like the, you could, like, you could shy away from uncomfortable feedback, painful feedback, either for yourself receiving it or giving it. And it, it would uh, just fester. Like, that's a thing. It's the same in relationships. Like, if you don't have uncomfortable conversations, then you're just building up uh, a mountain of, of problems. Uh, having said that, though, how do you make sure that those uncomfortable conversations actually feel like they were um, kind of worth it? Like, how do you show, hey, here's... You suffer through the pain, but here is the benefit you've got out of it. Maybe not in the same conversation, but maybe you know a couple of days later, something like that. Yeah, you'll be better for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know because because I think per- personally, I've had I've had a few of those conversations, um, even in my sort of relationship lifestyle. Lifestyle, and it it's either taken years to reconcile it, and that's just by purely forgetting it happened. Um, <laughs> Or, or it's it's kind of because I the relationship was fraught, and even in a work situation, this could be the case. If that relationship's fraught, meaningful, uncomfortable feedback from someone you don't have a strong, trusting relationship with tends to drive a wedge even further between two people. Um, and so sometimes it's easier to switch off from the fact that feedback. I think it takes a great amount of self-awareness to listen to somebody. About their feedback, even if you've got some issue with that person, um, and yeah. take and take the best from it. I, I, I'd like mm. to say I'm a better man uh, than I was a few years ago, and that I could probably do that now. Um, however, I, I definitely think that human emotion side of it means that even if I know I'd be better for taking that feedback, and it's difficult feedback or harsh feedback. Uh, I've i found it very challenging sometimes to accept it and and make a change on it. It's it's usually I've usually left it for years to to fester and then suddenly someone else comes along who's more trusted to me and they give me exactly the same bit of feedback and I'm like, oh, actually I am the common denominator. It is my problem. I can go and fix it. So I I think it I think it's about maybe the, the thing we can wrap it up on is that mm-hmm. whole feedback piece is is actually largely coming down to how you perceive feedback and how you perceive those relationships and recognize that the system of feedback isn't a perfect system by a long way and can't Mm -hmm. be for very good reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the right perception and the right self-awareness and self-belief, you know how to bring feedback in in the right way. And I think that's a real life skill uh, because everybody gives you feedback. On all, on all issues, all the time, no matter what you're doing. But being able to discern that and use it for your own betterment is a is a challenge. Not just in good feedback processes from a career perspective and caring about what the things that drive your career forward. I think it's a it's also a a challenge in maturity of, of thought as well. I love it, and I might, and I might I struggle. I, I might struggle with that.
0: Here's my feedback to you, Ash. I love it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: I will say process most- that boy. <laughs> yeah, ironically, the most important feedback that seems to have stuck with me for my life. Uh, two two phrases. One is it's all in the optics um, from a previous managing director that both of us knew in in the Accenture world, um, mm-hmm. which kind of stuck with me because it shocked me. But actually, it wasn't the work. It was just in how the work was displayed. But then the other bit of mm-hmm. feedback was, um, oh, get that out of your mouth, uh, which was mm. my mum when I was probably about five years old and trying oh. to eat uh, uh, right. a woodlouse. So oh. it's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's like so- I said, like I said, maturity of thought.
0: I like it. I think on that note, thank yes. you very much. That was super insightful. I think I learned a lot. And, um, yeah, looking forward to next week. Awesome. Thank
1: you very much. Uh, any questions from anyone listening, please let us know. Uh, if not, be good, not too good, and we'll speak in a week. Bye
0: bye.